Hello and welcome to the PE Guy podcast. I am so happy that you're here. My name is Ben Walker and I'm a 14-year veteran physical educator. Uh, I have a Bachelor of Science in Human Performance and Kinesiology with an emphasis in physical education from the University of Alabama as well as a Master of Arts in Sport Management also from Alabama. As of this recording, in January of 2021, I'm in my 14th year of teaching PE. Uh, I've taught seven years in the middle school level and seven in the elementary school level. And I chose to start this podcast for several several reasons. Um, one being that being a physical educator, I, I was kind of trained to just regurgitate these facts and half-truths and things that you know, I never really thought about might be incorrect. Um, but, you know, now that I'm getting older and more experienced, I'm kind of figuring out that they were and we we're teaching our kids these things. And I just wanted to, I guess, have a way to inform adults that may be passing these myths or half-truths along as fact and to try to dispel some rumors maybe just for your own sakes for my own sake um so i am a a bit of a health nerd and i love to research health and fitness and wellness related topics and i try to think for myself and be as objective as possible when researching a diet or exercise program and i try to look at it with a critical eye some of them i try myself and others i can usually debunk pretty early on uh Another reason I, I, I look the part and I try to practice what I preach and I choose to, to live as healthy a life as I possibly can. So I get questions from people all the time about what can I do to lose fat around my stomach or how can I look like Aquaman or what should I eat to lose weight? Uh, so this is going to try to help, I guess, if you have questions such as that uh, to answer some of them. Another reason is I have a need to teach people, especially when I can help them improve his or her health directly. That's why I chose physical education. That is my purpose in life is to help others improve their health, or at least to be more aware and able to think more for themselves when it comes to their health and fitness. That's what I hope to accomplish with this podcast. It's on this first episode. um, I'm calling it uh, Clearing up common myths, misconceptions, and bro science. And to kind of lay the groundwork for future podcasts, I want to address some of the topics that I get asked very frequently and are easy to just go along with if you hear them all the time, but they're not necessarily true. Uh, So I'll touch upon some common or not so common myths, misconceptions, and bro science. If you're not familiar with bro science, it is really just the pseudoscience that you've probably heard through the years that sounds good, Seems like it can make sense or be true, but it's not actually backed by science. Kind of like the protein window, which is the 30 minute to an hour after a workout period, uh, during which time a protein shake is supposedly most effective. We now know that this is not true. And there are conflicting studies on whether you even need to supplement protein shakes or not. Um, But this is an example of bro science, the, the kind of blindly widely accepted knowledge, quote-unquote, that is just not true. 
Now, a, a disclaimer before we dig in. Uh, while I do have a better than average amount of training and experience learning about participating in and teaching health, fitness, and PE, uh, I don't consider myself to be an expert in nutrition or fitness. My goal for this podcast is to educate the listener as well as myself on health and fitness related topics that interest me so we can kind of learn together. You know, I'm researching for episodes, things that I just want to know for myself and then, you know, presenting the answers to you too. Uh, So maybe you can learn something that you would like to learn as well. So common myths, misconceptions and bro science. Number one myth, and I get this a lot, uh, especially for, I guess, more of the female people in my life, and that is the concern that lifting weights makes you bulky. Um, Well, how your body reacts to weight training is going to depend on a lot of different factors. Mostly, it depends on genetics, diet, supplements, and your exercise program. Weight training will only add bulk if you train to add bulk. So unless you're trying to add bulk, you don't have to worry about it. It's not like you can accidentally train to bulk up. And in fact, a lot of people wish they could bulk up more easily, um, but it's just not one of those things that's, that's easy to accomplish for most people. So don't worry about lifting weights, making you bulky. Find a program that specifically talks about muscular endurance or or not necessarily power lifting or or i guess one rep max focus training higher reps higher sets of higher reps um and you'll, you'll train your muscles to just be strong and not necessarily that large Another misconception I hear a lot is people want to know how they can lose love handles or fat over their stomach or thighs or hips. So you cannot target fat loss. Fat loss happens at many different parts of your body at once. Uh, In fact, for your overall health, you need to lose fat that you can't even see most of all. And this fat is called visceral fat. It's actually inside your body and around your internal organs, especially like your liver. Uh, and it's known to increase your chances for diabetes, heart disease, certain type of cancers, many other health problems. This is enemy number one in your quest for lifelong health. Most people are more concerned with subcutaneous fat, which is fat stored just under the skin and it covers your muscles. So sure, it looks better to lose subcutaneous fat, but visceral fat is the real problem to your health. That being said, you can make the muscles underneath your subcutaneous fat larger, which could make the area appear more lean. <clears throat> but your best bet is to concentrate on losing fat, period. And understanding that if you stick with it, you will get the results you want. And always remember this phrase, abs are made in the kitchen, which leads me to my next couple of points, which have to do with diet. And The first one is, Breakfast is the most important meal of the day. And fact is, it's okay to be hungry. Now, back when I taught middle school health, I always read this part of the textbook to my class and asked the students if they regularly ate breakfast. And, you know, I, I myself 
didn't actually eat breakfast. Uh, not necessarily by, you know, any kind of dietary standard. I just frankly didn't have time. It took me it took me quite a while to get to work, and I just didn't want to wake up early enough to eat breakfast. So I, I didn't eat breakfast. Most of them didn't eat breakfast either. I don't re- recommend really that you eat breakfast. This is where I think the way we teach human nutrition needs to change. If you're hungry when you wake up, try drinking a glass of water. Many times, especially early in the morning, your brain will confuse thirst for hunger. And since it's probably been a while since you've drank anything when you first wake up, you'll definitely be thirsty. I know for myself personally that in some cases, eating early in the day makes your hunger level go crazy. If I eat first thing in the morning, I feel hungry every couple of hours and I tend to overeat throughout the day. So I choose now only to drink black coffee for breakfast, Um, which leads me to my next point. And that is uh, the myth of the calories in, calories out mindset. Calories in, calories out means that you can eat whatever you want, whenever you want, as long as you burn more calories than you take in. The problem is it's very hard for the average person to eat even you know the experts really it's very hard to accurately assess how many calories number one you're burning and number two how many actual calories are in the foods that you eat i know i can't do it Uh, i tried for years before i i guess found the light that you just cannot accurately guess calories Technically, it is true, though, if you burn more calories than you store, you will lose weight. 3,500 calories equals one pound of fat. So you store 3,500 calories, you gain one pound of fat. You burn 3,500 calories, you burn one pound of fat. Either way, but many times people use this as an excuse to eat an extra dessert or maybe supersize their fries by thinking that They'll just exercise a little longer to burn it off. But we all know how that goes. The extra sugar leads to a crash or the extra saturated fat makes you feel bloated and run down and maybe even a little guilty. And then you may not feel like exercising at all. An easy way to think of this is you can't outrun a bad diet. See, I like these little slogans like this that kind of mean a lot but don't really say a whole lot. Uh, You can't outrun a bad diet. Which leads me to my next point, and that's fad diets. Uh, I'm sure between you and me, we could name fad diets for the next 30 minutes if we really put our minds to it. I mean, you have Atkins, Mediterranean, low-carb, keto, and on and on and on. And fad diets are not sustainable. Most of them restrict a whole food group or overly restrict calories, or sometimes they are too repetitive like drink a shake for breakfast and lunch and eat a sensible dinner. Everyone is different. What works for her may not work for you. What works for her now may not work for her in a month because it's just not sustainable. In order to make a major life change, you have to make it sustainable. Um, Fad diets are not very sustainable in the long run. 
And I'm a big proponent of intermittent fasting. And I've read Dr. Jason Fung's book, The Obesity Code, many, many times. And I would definitely uh, recommend you pick it up if you have not already. But intermittent fasting is eating during a certain period of time a day and only drinking water, black coffee, some broth, maybe some unsweetened tea the rest of the day. It's not a fad diet. It, it is sustainable. It is a lifestyle choice. It is scientifically based and proven. Uh, it teaches you how to listen to your body and to be able to interpret what it's saying, to differentiate between hunger and thirst. You know, you, you can kind of control your own body during intermittent fasting. There's many different plans, but even as little as 14-hour fasts have been proven to be successful in improving people's health. And I recommend you give the Obesity Code a read and try intermittent fasting for yourself. It takes some dedication, but, but you can do it. Now, back on topic. The next misconception I want to I clear up is that, that there are bad foods. I had a great nutrition professor at the University of Alabama that said there are no bad foods only bad choices and that that's definitely true but I you know I would not recommend you load up on heavily processed foods all the time but don't blame the food it's like Pam says in the office that time when when a child gets behind the wheel of a car and runs into a tree you don't blame the child he didn't know any better you blame the 30 year old woman who got in the passenger seat and said drive kid I trust you well, the food doesn't know it's bad. Don't blame it. Even even the worst foods are okay in moderation. Just like the quote-unquote best foods can be harmful if you take in too much. Um, so you want to make sure that you're making the right choices. The next myth I want to I want to kind of clear up is that all cardio is the same. This is not a super common myth. But I do come across it from time to time. Um, when planning your fitness approach, ask yourself this one question. Do you want to look like a sprinter or a marathon runner? Whichever side you choose, you need to tailor your program to match. So sprinters train for explosive, relatively short bursts of extreme physical exertion, which recruits a fast twitch muscle fiber that gives them a, a more overall muscular look. Distance runners, on the other hand, need to use way less exertion for a much longer time. So this recruits slow twitch muscle fibers, which look much less impressive, but do their job just as well. Uh, you can think of your muscles a lot like chicken muscle. You know, I have eight chickens at home, so I know them pretty well. And chickens are on their feet most of the day, and they rarely fly. So. The muscles that they use most of the time need plenty of oxygen, and oxygen comes to your muscles through the blood. So these muscles require more blood. All of this extra blood makes the leg and thigh muscles darker than the fast twitch muscles of the breasts and wings, making chicken legs and thighs dark meat and breasts and wings white meat. It's just the muscle fiber type. The difference is the muscles need for oxygen by way of the blood. So the way you train will determine the way your muscles look. The final misconception I want to clear up is that it is possible to look like 
you can insert the name of any model here on the cover of insert the name of any magazine here uh, it's just not possible for a majority of the human population and a lot of times people will get very discouraged because they're having a hard time you know looking like Jason Momoa on the cover of Men's Health well photos are, are touched up and retouched lighting apparel and poses are carefully chosen to be as flattering as possible they airbrush on abs a lot of times muscular definition is painted on with an airbrush literally some models are even dangerously dehydrated to appear as lean or even leaner than humanly possible so don't fall into the trap of despair that you may not look like Jason Momoa or Jennifer Aniston at 50. Strictly judge your results compared to your past self. That is your competition. That is your that is your challenge to become more like the person you want to be every day. So that is it for this episode of the PE Guy podcast. I hope that you have found this episode to be as entertaining and as, as lightning as I'm did making it. Um, join me next week as I dive into intermittent fasting with the help of doc, Dr. Jason Bung's excellent, excellent book, The Obesity Code, Unlocking the Secrets of Weight Loss. For love letters, hate mail, or topics for future episodes, you may email me at thepeguypodcast at gmail.com. I also have a blog, which is thepeguypodcast.blogspot.com. Uh, Take a look at that. Leave me a comment. Uh, Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you soon.